Welcome to the Bone Coach Show, dedicated to helping you understand all things related to diet, lifestyle, bone health, and how you can live and thrive with low bone density and osteoporosis. I'm your host, Kevin Ellis, certified health coach, health and wellness speaker, and above all else, your bone coach. After being diagnosed with osteoporosis in my early 30s, I transformed my health through diet and lifestyle and now help my clients and community members do the same through my online coaching practice, Bone Coach. Com. Look, there are no quick and easy cures for low bone density, but the choices we make every single day can have a powerful impact on our bones, our health, and our general well-being. I'll share the research, interview the experts, and help you figure out how to get the conditions right in your body so you can better your bones through diet and lifestyle. Short disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor and this show should not be considered medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare team before making medical decisions and changes to your diet and lifestyle. With that being said, let's get on with the show. Gut health really is, it's a lot like just metabolic health in general. It's really foundational to everything because it's directly related to how well you're breaking down your food, how well you're eliminating wastes and toxins, how well you're assimilating the good nutrients from your system. So much of our inflammation and overall problems stem in the gut. That's where they start. So if we have leaky gut or if we have gut infections or if we have other in inflammation going on in the gut, it's interfering with us being able to properly break down those foods, properly absorb the nutrients. The bacteria are also really important for signaling the immune system to fight off pathogens. And if we don't have a proper gut system, that doesn't happen. If you haven't done so already, especially if you're newly diagnosed with osteopenia or osteoporosis, or if your most recent bone density scan still showed more bone loss, go ahead and pause this episode and head over to bonecoach.com to sign up for your free seven day osteoporosis kickstart guide. That's going to give you everything you need step by step by step over the next seven days to get on the path to improvement and stronger bones. You won't wanna miss that, so pause this right now head over to bonecoach.com and I'll be here as soon as you get back. Welcome, welcome to this episode of The Bone Coach Show. Joining us today to explore metabolic health, gut health, and its connection to bone health and osteoporosis is Andrea Nicholson. Andrea Nicholson is a health expert with a passion for investigating and solving complex health issues. Andrea's journey began as a crime scene investigator where she honed her skills in gathering and analyzing evidence. Now, as a metabolic health investigator, Andrea uses those same skills to help people solve health problems like digestive issues, fatigue, stubborn weight, hormone imbalances, and depression and anxiety. Andrea's approach is rooted in holistic understanding of the body and its needs. She's board certified in holistic nutrition, a certified nutrition therapist master, and a restorative wellness practitioner. Andrea's extensive training and experience allow her to offer personalized one-on-one -on -one consultations via telehealth using functional lab testing and health technologies to uncover the root causes of her clients' health challenges. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this topic. Well, let's start out. That's an interesting That's an interesting start off with your background where you were a crime scene investigator in the past. So maybe we talk about your journey through your future role or your your past role into how you came into the health space and maybe any health challenges that you had along the way. Yeah, I'm sure at first glance, it seems really odd to even talk about being a crime scene investigator. Like, what does that have to do with being in health? And the fact is, while I was working that career for 15 years, I was also on my own health journey. And I think a lot of us that end up in the health industry, that's generally how it starts is you're on your own health journey. 
And I went through all of the standard conventional processes. I, I had excess weight. I had really bad heart disease in my family. That was kind of the big driver for me just caring about my health is I didn't want to follow in my ancestors' footsteps and die really young because that's what they all did. Thankfully, I was adopted as an infant. And so I was not orphaned like I would have been at 15. But so that was kind of the, my, my, my main driving force is I wanted to lose a little weight. I didn't like how I was feeling. And I was still in my 20s at the time I started this journey, but I just didn't like my body. I didn't feel comfortable in it. I was not a gym person. I hated working out like all the things. And I was on my own journey, ended up going through a comprehensive cardiovascular panel through my employer at the time. Heart disease is a big thing in law enforcement. Our sheriff at the time was really big in helping people prevent that for themselves. So he brought in this panel of doctors that did this, you know, NMR lipid testing and like all this fancy stuff. And my results were not very good in my twenties. And I wasn't obese. I had about 30 pounds to lose. Um, but I was in my twenties and most doctors were like, you're fine. You're not overweight. You don't smoke. It's no big deal. But my results were not very good. I had plaques forming. I had advanced arterial age. I had all the wrong, bad kinds of cholesterol that were the most, you know, oxidated and just the worst kinds. And the doctor was like, yeah, um, eat a heart healthy diet and exercise like totally no help. He had all these fancy tools and all this fancy testing and couldn't tell me anything to do. It didn't rise to the level of needing medications in his eyes. So he couldn't really tell me what to do. So I did what I could do. I read, you know, the American Heart Association stuff. I read kind of general public information, went back a year later after following all of that advice. And it was worse. A plant-based diet didn't help me. Low fat didn't help me. Low calorie didn't help me. Doubling my workouts didn't help. Like all the things I got worse. And so that's what really started me down this path was why is all of this common advice that seems so logical, you know, eating all these plants and eating all these healthy, you know, olive oils and not eating the animal fats and not eating all these other things. How could I possibly be getting worse? So that's when I put my investigator lab coat on and started using those same skills that I used in crime scenes to figure out my own health. And that's really where I got started. And so many people have to turn out to be investigators for their own health. I always tell people, you shouldn't be a passenger in your healthcare. You should be the driver, right? Just because you have a doctor doesn't mean you have to go in there and be the passenger in those conversations. And it sounds like for you, you really decided I need to figure things out and you went to work. I did. Yeah. And I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that's a great way to look at it. We all have our own responsibility to take care of our health and no one knows your body better than you. And so you're going to get a lot of opinions and you're going to get a lot of people that tell you that's the wrong way to go, or you need to do it this way or whatever. Ultimately it's, it's you that has to make that decision. And so you have to be in the driver's seat. I think that's a great way to look at it. Now I know you, you play a, you have a big focus on metabolic health, right? Can, when someone hears the word metabolic health, or they hear the word metabolism, what does that mean? Right? What is actually included in that? Some people may not know. Could you walk us through that? Yeah, I think most people have probably heard of the term metabolism, and most of us think of that as how many calories we burn or how many we burn versus how many we take in. We, we kind of think of it in this calorie exchange definition, but really metabolism is all of the chemical reactions occurring in your body all day long. So all of the muscle building, all of the tissue building, all of your immune system, all of your detoxification, your brain function, your 
you know, arteries, your blood vessels, all the things, bone building, bone remodeling, all of these things are part of metabolism. It's both the breaking down of either bad things or normal tissues that need to be re rebuilt, or it's the synthesis of proteins, hormones, chemical messengers, all of these things. And so it's all of these chemical reactions that are occurring in our bodies. It's not really, really at all about calories, frankly, but that's kind of the simplified definition that we've become known for it. So metabolic health is really, do you have ideal levels of all of your hormones, of all of your enzymes, of all of these chemical things? Are you in that homeostasis place that we want to be? Do you have ideal levels? And are all of your systems actually working appropriately? Or do you have a breakdown somewhere along the way? Either something's not getting broken down appropriately and so things are building up, or are you not rebuilding quickly enough and you're actually breaking down healthy tissue and not rebuilding? So we need a good balance of all these things and metabolism takes into account all of that. Let's let's maybe walk people through what does it look like when you don't have good metabolic health and what does it look like when you have optimal metabolic health? Yeah. I, metabolic health really relates to every system. So we hear this a lot in reference to say type two diabetes, where we have someone who has a blood sugar imbalance or an insulin resistance or blood sugar and insulin resistance issue going on. And, but this really can relate to cancer, hypertension, heart disease, um, hormone imbalances like polycystic ovarian syndrome or erectile dysfunction. It plays into every system in the body, pretty much every non-communicable disease, nothing, you know, bacterial, viral, fungal, those kinds of things, everything outside of those primarily does have a metabolic connection. And so good metabolic health means when you like look at lab testing, when you look at your blood work, when you have any of these kinds of screenings done, you have ideal levels and not just standard reference range levels that you'd see on the lab work, but you actually have ideal not just disease-free, but perfect ideal numbers across the board. And when you have metabolic dysfunction, that can show up in a variety of ways. That could show up as joint pain or arthritis or any of the itises, any of that inflammatory process that's occurring could show up as blood sugar imbalances, could show up as brain fog or dementia, any of the kind of cognitive related stuff. Even mental health is now being linked directly to metabolic dysfunction. So really, if you have any kind of chronic health issue, there's probably a metabolic component. Now you mentioned blood sugar. I think I know blood pressure is part of this too. Triglyceride levels. What are some, what are some objective markers that you like to look at? And maybe what are the good uh, areas that you like to see those markers? Yeah, I definitely like to look at blood sugar in a fasting blood sugar, you know, range on standard blood work. Um, I like to see that when it's fasted between say 70 and 90 milligrams per deciliter. Um, I also like the A1C, but as, as well as the fasting insulin, which is one that often does not get run. Most doctors are not running this one. A lot of insurance companies don't want to run it for whatever reason. And so they won't cover it even though it's a relatively cheap test. Um, but those are two, I really like to see hemoglobin A1C. I like to see under 5.3 in an ideal world, the, you know, lower end closest to that is better. So somewhere in the upper fours to 5.3 and then fasting insulin, generally two to eight is considered pretty good. If you can get it under five, that's ideal. Um, but then the whole lipid panel, I think triglycerides is a great thing to look at. The HDL is another big marker and the ratio of those two are kind of my top 
things that I look at from a metabolic standpoint. And then beyond that, it just sort of, you know, we look at everything else while we're on blood work. We look at white blood cells and red blood cells and liver enzymes and kind of all of the other things and just see where the imbalances are. Do you have a nutrient deficiency? Do you have an underlying infection? Do you have, you know, some other imbalance that's contributing to other things not working properly? Because we're one big complex ecosystem. And sometimes that's all you need is you're missing some nutrient or you're, you need more of that than maybe somebody else does. So we just kind of have to look at the whole picture of lab testing and symptoms and what you like and what you don't like and the things you're doing and your history and try to figure out what those issues are. And with our audience being mostly um, 50 to 70 plus with osteopenia, osteoporosis, bone health is a major concern for them. How does that play into the metabolism picture? Yeah. Bone health is a great way to really look at metabolic health overall, because our bones are supposed to be constantly remodeling. So we're supposed to be breaking down old tissue and rebuilding new tissue and always revitalizing. Well, the same thing is happening throughout the body, but we have a really easy marker, generally speaking, to look at bone health and see, are you actively losing bone? Is your bone density, you know, disappearing? We don't necessarily have those same metrics for other tissues. It's hard to look at you know, is my liver declining in size or, you know, it's like much more difficult to assess some of these other features, but with bone health, we do have markers that we can look at to see if that remodeling process is occurring properly. And so metabolic health directly relates to that because your metabolism directly relates to the food you take in, the nutrients you get out of that food. And then are you able to actually use those nutrients appropriately? Are you putting calcium in these minerals in the bone where we want it, or are you hiding it in other tissues and ending up with calcified arteries or kidney stones, those kinds of things. So we definitely need to look at overall metabolic health. If we're starting to see either bone loss, or that's kind of a concern that we're worried about, we want to make sure that those nutrients are first of all, coming in second of all, being properly digested and assimilated. And thirdly, actually ending up where we need them to go. And when it comes to measuring and looking at the activity level of those cells that are in your bones, whether they're breaking down or building up, um, just for everybody listening, these would be called bone turnover markers, right? And there are different markers within that. There are bone resorption markers. There are bone formation markers. If we're talking about bone resorption, the most sensitive marker for bone resorption would be the serum CTX. That's one of them. And then there's also something called the NTX too, that can be looked at. And then on the other side, the bone formation side, that's where you have the most sensitive marker for bone formation is P1NP, which is pro-collagen type 1 and terminal pro-peptide. There are some other ones you can look at too, but those are some of the bigger ones. Just so everybody listening you know, understands, there are these objective markers like Andrea's talking about that you can look at and really get an understanding of what's going on inside your bones and not just have to wait for that lagging indicator of a bone density scan, one, one and a half years, two years down the road. So absolutely. Uh, and then let's talk about, I know you also focus on gut health too, and you have a passion for that. So how did you develop this passion and focus on gut health? Yeah, it was part of my journey as well. One of the issues that I was dealing with that, frankly, when I started, I didn't even know is I was chronically constipated. I had no idea. That was all I'd ever known. I had absolutely no idea. It wasn't normal. And when I started digging into my weight picture and my heart disease picture, you know, I just learned a lot about 
holistic health and optimal well-being. And that's when I discovered how absolutely abnormal my digestive system was. And so when I went down that rabbit hole, I discovered lots of nutrition deficiencies, lots of digestive dysfunction. I was really low in stomach acid, really low in digestive enzymes. I had several pathogens, super low, good bacteria, just kind of across the board. My gut was a mess. And when I was able to kind of repair all of that, it fixed everything else, frankly. Um, you know, along the journey, I obviously cleaned up my diet, lowered my blood sugar. Cause I also had insulin resistance forming, had lots of those things going on. And through that process, I was able to, you know, get rid of the pathogens, get rid of the bad guys, build up the good bacteria, kind of fix the digestive function and eliminate the chronic constipation. So that's what started me on the journey. And I see that this is a really common problem. Either people don't realize they have it or they don't know it can be fixed. They just think that's kind of their constitution and they don't realize that it can be fixed, but it's playing a huge role in the nutrients that you can or cannot absorb, how well you detox, you know, the bacteria play a huge role in cell signaling, all of these things. And so we don't want the bad guys. We do want the good guys and we want to be able to eliminate properly and bring in those great nutrients. And what are some of the tests that you like from a gut health thing for uh, gut health perspective? Yeah, I do use some markers off of just regular blood work to see if there's, you know, immune activation, those kinds of things, the white blood cells, that sort of thing, um, as well as some of the nutrient deficiencies. A lot of times that can point to, well, you're probably not absorbing it well out of your food if you have these nutrient deficiencies, and we know you're eating the foods that you should be getting them from. And then I also really like using stool testing. Um, I don't use it necessarily with every single client. It sort of depends on what they're dealing with, but I think it can really give us a lot of great insights into what's going on with the gut, both from the bacterial and microbe standpoint, but also in those digestive dysfunction markers of, you know, digestive enzymes and inflammation and immune activation and all of those kinds of things. It tells us a lot about what's going on in the gut. I think sometimes when people are listening to this, because, uh, you know, we've got an audience that some people go the functional naturopathic route or, and they kind of go outside of the insurance model. Some people stay within the insurance model. And just for everybody listening, there are there are ways to approach this within your means also, right? So if you are going through a conventional physician, you can get specific tests through your conventional physician. It might not give you the full picture. It's probably not going to give you the full picture, actually. I think we all, most of us know there's more to that. And if you go into the more of the functional space, and that's where, you, and which is more where Andrea is at and mo most other health practitioners um, are going to be at, that's where you can do more stool testing. You can get more granular with that detail and really understand some of the other uh, imbalances or issues that may be going on. Yeah. And I think there's also, even in looking at the same testing, because a lot of my clients will come to me with tests from their doctors. We also kind of look at it a little bit differently. We look, you know, a lot of conventional medicine doctors are looking just at the ranges that the lab provides. And a lot of us in the functional space are looking through the ideal lens. Like I mentioned earlier, we're really looking at a narrower range of not just people who not just the averages of everyone who's ever taken these tests, but who are truly ideal, who don't have any disease, don't have any underlying dysfunction, but are just really in that ideal range. The lab ranges are really based on like the averages of everyone that's ever been tested. And if you think of the vast majority of people being tested are being tested because they have a problem. Well, that's not the average I want to be compared to. I don't want to be compared to the average of sick people. Mm -hmm. 
I want to be compared to the average of ideally healthy people. And so I think even if you do go to a conventional doctor, there's additional information sometimes that can be gleaned from those tests when you look at them through the ideal or optimal ranges. And for those listening too, again, because osteoporosis is a big, a big focus of our group, we have touched on this before, but maybe I'd love to hear your perspective and and how does gut health connected to bone loss, bone health, osteoporosis? Gut health really is, it's a lot like just metabolic health in general. It's really foundational to everything because it's directly related to how well you're breaking down your food, how well you're eliminating wastes and toxins, how well you're assimilating the good nutrients from your system. So much of our inflammation and overall problems stem in the gut. That's where they start. So if we have leaky gut or if we have gut gut infections or if we have other inflammation going on in the gut it's interfering with us being able to properly break down those foods, properly absorb the nutrients. The bacteria are also really important for signaling the immune system to fight off pathogens, to you know eliminate those toxins, to surround bad things that we want to be able to get rid of. And if we don't have a proper gut system, that doesn't happen. And so that can directly play into you know, do your bones have the nutrients that they need? Are they getting to where they need to go for the bones to be built? Is the immune system actually attacking the bone? I mean, there, there can be autoimmune things going on. Inflammation in general, isn't good for any tissue. Blood sugar imbalances play a huge role into this as well. And so we really do need adequate gut health in order to bring in those good nutrients and good features from our foods and also eliminate all the bad stuff. And this is such an important topic. I mean, gut health is central to whole body health. Uh, for me, part of my journey was celiac disease, malabsorbing nutrients for many, many years, and you know, not knowing. And then my body still needed the nutrients to do everything that we needed to, like I needed to do throughout the day, but I wasn't getting them and I wasn't absorbing them, so it was going to my bones and pulling, right? And and that can lead to bone loss over time because. If you don't have those nutrients, your body will figure out how to get those nutrients. All right. And when it goes to your, when it comes to your bones, it's not just coming in and selectively plucking out a little bit of calcium or a couple minerals here and there. It's going to tear down that whole protein structure and the minerals are going to come with it. Right. So absorption is a big part of this. And then you touched on something else that's really, really important, which is the immune system. 70% of the immune system is in your gut. And if you have chronic digestive issues that are stimulating that immune system, the cells that break down bone are, are receiving that message, right? And they're, that's going to accelerate that bone loss. So, so glad you brought that up too. Yeah. It's, it's funny how complex our bodies really are and something that seems so unrelated, like why would the gut be related to the bones? it directly relates to the bones and it directly relates to every other organ system and all of our tissues and all of our systems. And so it, it really is foundational and we do have to really optimize all of the systems in order for all of the systems to be healthy. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't realize like your bone, your bones are living tissue. They're living tissue, they're endocrine organs. So let's talk about maybe could you share maybe a few actionable things that people could take away or, or things that you think would be really helpful for people to understand as they're starting to make improvements in their health? 
Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think the first thing is just be your own best advocate. You know, ask questions, find resources, ask for lots of opinions, ask for references, you know, keep digging. If you haven't found the answers that you're happy with yet, keep going, keep finding answers. So that'd be the first thing. Don't give up. There's always something that can be improved or if not fully reversed, it depends on what you're dealing with. But so keep fighting. The second thing I would say is, is, you know, be honest with what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do and anything you're willing to do that, you know, you should do, do it. If that means giving up breads or giving up, you know, something in your diet that you love, but you know, isn't serving you be willing to give those things up, or at least be willing to take a really good hard look at it. And if you're not willing to give those things up, then be honest with yourself about how far you can get with your journey. You know, we all have to make these compromises and it's your journey. You get to decide that, but be honest with yourself about it. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to make the changes that you know you need to make, then, well, the, any miracle pill or potion isn't going to fix it for you either. So that would be the first thing. Take a really good hard look at the things you are doing and make the changes you're willing to make with your diet, with your exercise, with your sleep, with your stress. And then that would be kind of my third thing is make sure you're looking at all of those aspects. There's no miracle superfood that's going to fix it all. There's no miracle workout that's going to fix it all. There's no, you know, meditation that's going to fix it all. We really do need to look at all of these things. And so we need adequate nutrition and we need great quality and adequate quantity of sleep at appropriate times for our circadian rhythm to the extent that we can, you know, do that. We need to manage our stress loads and stress, not just in the sense that we think of typically in the emotional stressors and, you know, the worries and the deadlines and those kinds of things, but also the toxins, you know, where are you being exposed to chemicals that you don't need to be exposed to that you can eliminate? Um, Where are you dealing with maybe people that you could stand to spend less time with? You know, where are those toxic relationships that you could either deal with or eliminate from your life? You know, you really take a good look at all of those kinds of things. Do you have an adequate support network? Do you have, you know, access to the resources that you really need? Is there someone in your life that's making things harder for you that maybe doesn't know that this is that important? I find it so often that my clients are like, my husband won't support me or my wife keeps bringing home donuts. Well, have you told them that this is why this is so important to you? Have you had the hard conversation? It's not just about losing the weight or you know, fixing the whatever thing, but have you told them why this matters to you so much? Talk in detail, be very clear. If they still won't support you, then that's something you probably need to think about because anyone that loves you should be like, oh, I did, had no idea it was that important to you. Of course, I will stop doing whatever the thing is that's making it harder for you. Of course, anyone that loves you would do anything for you. So I think really looking at all aspects of your life and figuring out the things that you can and are willing to change, the things that you can maybe add to your life. It's not always about taking things away, but where can you you know, put more joy into your life? Where can you do things you love? Where can you spend more time with people or pets or doing things that you love? All of those kinds of things, bringing joy back. So those would be kind of my top tips. I love your tips. Those were great. <laughs> and and even, even as we're talking about like when people think about toxins, a lot of times they just think about, I mean, pesticides and things that spray on our food, that, that's a big one, right? That's an obvious one for a lot of people, but some people are still kind of learning that and that's okay. Um, but that that's an easier one to make a swap and going organic and that can help reduce your toxic load. 
but you mentioned relationships, right? That's that's such a big one that most people don't think about. Uh, and I've had plenty of examples of that in my past too, where there were plenty of relationships with with friends or other people in my life where uh, sometimes you have to break the chains of the past to become the best version of yourself in the future, right? And it's okay if you feel like, you know, give yourself permission to do those things, to step away if you have to, and to move forward. Uh, you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't have to feel bad about that too. So glad you brought that up. Yeah. We become like the five people we spend the most time with. And so if you look around the people you spend the most time with and they're hitting the drive throughs and they're doing all the happy hours and they're doing maybe drugs or lots of alcohol or, you know, whatever that looks like, is that really the influence you want to have in your life? Or would you rather have people who rather than going to happy hour, they meet at the park and go for a walk or go for a hike or, you know, do these kinds of things that are in line with what you want to do. Spend more time with the people that are living the life you want and they'll help you get there. Doesn't mean you have to fully eliminate all the other people, but spend more time with the people that are doing the things you want. Love that. Anything else you want to share with our audience before we tell them where to find you? You know, I think I'll just reiterate that you know your body best. So if you haven't found the answers you're looking for yet, just keep looking. There's answers out there. You'll find someone that will help you. And on that same note, we do better in community. So if you're on this journey by yourself and you're just, you know, gathering all this information at home by yourself, reach out to someone else. We do so much better with community. I pride myself, and this is one I have to work on a lot. I pride myself on being an ultra independent person, but I have consistently across my life gotten the best results when I actually reached out for help. When I actually told people I needed support, I needed help, I wasn't sure what to do, I needed accountability, like whatever that is, I either needed a professional, I needed a friend, I needed a guide, I needed something 100% of the time, I've gotten better results when I've reached out for help. Totally agree. That's actually one of our core, one of our core values, community, right? As we rise, bring others with us. Um, that's so important. And then another one is that progress is never perfect, but it's always possible. So, absolutely, um, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your knowledge, your expertise. Maybe you can let people know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. My website is probably the best place from there. You can find me in all the other places. So healthylifewithandrea.com. Wonderful. So for everybody listening, you can find all the resources, show notes, everything mentioned here today over at bonecoach.com forward slash Andrea Nicholson, metabolic health, gut health, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hope you found this episode of The Bone Coach Show helpful. You can find all the resources, show notes, everything mentioned over at bonecoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, be sure to share it with someone you love, a friend, family member, even a group of people. And also be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode that can help you improve your bones, your health, and your future. One last reminder, if you haven't done so already, head over to bonecoach.com for more great resources to help you get on the path to stronger bones and an active future. I'm your bone coach, Kevin Ellis. I'll see you in the next episode.